0: Listening Library presents Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows.
1: Nice. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry that I... No, uh, don't be. ...not don't versed be. in the verse, you know what I mean?
2: No. Yeah, I, I do know what you mean. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I do have a verse for you, though. It's in
1: the form of a
2: uh, 575. Oh, 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 are you ready to ready to jump right in?
1: That was my transition.
2: A Smooth... Uh, operator. Smooth smooth talka.
1: Smooth podcast operator.
0: (laughs)
2: We're back baby. Yo it's our final season. It's the final season.
1: (laughs) I think we're singing different songs but I think they're going well together. Yeah
2: I was doing final countdown and then you were doing final um something. (laughs) You were doing. Do it again. I can't. Now I'm lost. It was but... the final season. I don't know what I was doing.
1: something like that. Probably something from a musical.
2: Wow. Uh... I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum bum ba, bum 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 bum. Chapter one
0: the dark lord ascending
2: welcome to another episode i'm alex i'm molly and this is potter watch it's potter watch y'all it's potter watch baby
1: and it is the deathly hallows
2: (laughs) i Ah cannot believe that we are here
1: I have an important cue that we could have done off air, but now we're doing it on air and maybe we'll put it out to the listeners. Okay. Should we watch Deathly Hallows part one at the halfway, at the point in the book where Deathly, like, should we do the movie with, in sync with the book or should we just watch both movies when the book is done?
2: Ooh, yeah. Let's put it out to the listeners because I'm feeling like we do it halfway. That's I kind where-
1: of feel like we do both.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean so we like, do it halfway, and we do it at the beginning.
1: At the end, yeah. <laughs> at the end, like we do maybe it both together. Well, I if uh, actually what I mean, let me take that. Let me let me walk that back a little. I think we do the drinking game at the halfway point, but then I may just want to watch the first part. Correct. Before we I watch, don't, I can't two. watch
2: part two without having watched part one, two. I completely agree with you, but we'll only record the drinking game for part two. I also don't we- think we're
1: physically able to do two movies back to back with a
2: drinking game. Mm-mm. You all know what happened. We okay? saw the video. If you didn't see the video, go see the video. I promise you. It's hilariously embarrassing for us in a mind that are. is well edited, and that there was a lot cut out. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you can tell the difference <laughs> in timing. Of, I
1: think the podcast episode was probably really rough because i like changed like i like did something different halfway through and i like half-assed going back over it and i was like i'm sure it's fine <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, meanwhile i just like was like are we slurring our words here zoom
1: <laughs> which i at the time I didn't really feel like we were that drunk in comparison to other movies, which I think is still true. That's
2: true. I think we really were, like, behaving ourselves, so to speak, for camera, if I'm honest.
1: But there were definitely things that I was doing physically that I was, like, I really forgot about the whole filming aspect. (laughs) Like, what? I don't know. I was just, like, not... I was too comfortable in front of the camera. I'm
2: just like. (laughs) (laughs) I felt that way too. Some parts I was watching it. I was like, Alex, is there a way that you could not be a big potato
0: on this couch right now? Um, Should we talk
2: <clears throat> about this chapter, chapter one of the Deathly Halls? Do you have anything? Uh, did
1: you want to talk about these um, poet, these poems, or these like little pieces ahead of the chapter?
2: We can. I think they're like beautiful. When I meant you- to like actually like take notes about them. Me too. And then I didn't go back and reread them the way that I wanted. Yeah, like,
1: I, like, marked it and then I was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> for context for the listeners, um, we are one day into the Biden presidency. Um, we've had some rough Wednesdays in a row, but we're back on track <laughs> as a country.
2: <laughs> um,
1: but My some of my not my notes and thoughts have a political edge because of what we're coming off
2: of. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Mine do not. I was very like in Harry Potter. So this will be like a good contrast for you to like relate it to. Let's just
1: say I see some parallels between the grand old party and the Death Eaters. (laughs) Grand Old Party, the G O P.
2: Oh, I, I knew. I knew where we were, where we were with the, with the abroad
1: listeners.
2: Oh, the torment bred in the race, the grinding scream of death, and the stroke that hits the vein. The hemorrhage none can staunch the grief, the curse no man can bear. But there is a cure in the house and not outside it, no. Not from others, but from them, their bloody strife. We sing to you, dark gods beneath the earth. Now hear you, blissful powers underground. After answer the call, send help, bless the children, give them triumph now.
1: Um, this I also, think, this first poem also made me feel a little political.
2: <laughs> I think that's a really beautiful poem that definitely sums up. A lot of what's gonna happen in this book and and what they need um it makes me very it makes me feel very um it makes me feel very emotional knowing what happens in the book you know like I think it does sort of set the tone like this is a very especially that last line bless the children give them triumph now um it just sets up like Definitely the death, the heartache, the like the the call to battle, call to arms that this this book really is.
0: Oh, the torment bred in the race, the grinding scream of death and the stroke that hits the vein, the hemorrhage none can staunch, the grief, the curse no man can bear. But there is a cure in the house and not outside it. No, not from others, but from them, their bloody strife. We sing to you, dark gods beneath the earth. Now hear, you blissful powers underground. Answer the call, send help. Bless the children. Give them triumph now. Aeschylus, the Libation Bearers Death is but crossing the world. As friends do the seas, they live in one another still for they must needs be present, that love and live in that which is omnipresent. In this divine glass they see face to face, and their converse is free as well as pure. This is the comfort of friends, that though they may be said to die, yet their friendship and society are, in the best sense, ever present, because immortal. William Penn, More Fruits of Solitude
2: and then this the next quote, the death is but crossing the, the world as a friend, as friends do the seas, they live in one another still. So this this whole it reminds me a lot of the um, one, the resurrection stone, and two, like obviously Harry being in between. Harry dying, coming back, being in between two worlds. It actually reminds me, obviously J.K. Rowling gets a lot of inspiration from um Tolkien and it reminds me a lot of um the boat that takes you with that that takes hobbits or I guess not hobbits <laughs> that takes ring bearers like bearers of the ring in Lord of the Rings to like This afterlife that is like the next life, yeah, to the next life, but it's like a specific place for people that are bearers of the ring. And so, and so, yeah,
1: um, yeah, I'm, I, I think obviously bring up the resurrection stone, um, because it talks about the immortality, yeah, despite of death. And I mean, obviously, there's a lot of people that die in this book, and a lot of friendships because of it. And like, I think about the Marauders all being together at Mm -hmm. the end, um, things like that. Um, And then the, the first one, I mean, that middle part is what I was kind of resonating with right now. Like there is no cure in the house and not outside it. No, not from the others, but from them, their bloody strife. Like we sing to you, dark gods beneath the earth. It's like, in, in this book, it, it's really a juxt- I think of, there's a big juxtaposition of like the unity of the um, order of the Phoenix versus what happens with the Death Eaters and the division and how like the cracks kind of and um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that the poem is like mm-hmm. explicitly addressing that, but that's what made it what I started to think about reading that part. I guess and like the cure. In yeah, the house. I really.
2: The cure in the house, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, this is the comfort of friends that though they may be said to die yet their friendship and society are in the best sense ever present because immortal. Um, so I, in a lot of ways that last line of the second part feels like a letter to us. Like as readers, you know. Oh, that's really beautiful. Like even though like the characters we love have died and are gone, um you know, they're immortalized in the book. Yeah. In books and like in our hearts and in fan
1: fiction. <laughs> and like the books themselves are right. our friends and they are immortalized. Uh um... while we're
2: like <laughs> Yes, and We're in our feelings. We're in our feelings, it's the last one. I have so many feelings. Um, but while we're here analyzing like front parts of books, uh, uh, the dedication in this book is beautiful. The dedication of this book is split seven ways. To Neil, to Jessica, to David, to Kenzie, to die, to Anne, and to you, if you have stuck with Harry Potter, Harry, until the very end.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you pointed that out, because I didn't read that this time. Mm. Until the very end. In, oh. That's a great tattoo quote.
2: Yeah. Oh, I don't actually very-
1: see that a lot.
2: The until the very end. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm sure people have it. I just, um, like, if I've been scrolling on the internet, I haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, um, I
2: like that. A lot of people in, I guess, in place, it has a similar feel to that, like, until the very end, you do her quote that she did at, like, the final, I think, movie premiere, which was Hogwarts will always be there.
0: To welcome, you home. welcome
2: you home which yeah. I think is beautiful but not gonna get her language <laughs> like a, a direct quote from her I yeah. think is a little much right now yeah
1: well I mean this is kind of like in some ways like the always
2: but this yes. is Lily
1: saying it um instead of Snape so yeah. and it's obviously to Harry
2: to Harry. Harry.
1: (laughs) Well, we don't have Harry in this chapter. Oh, no, we don't. Because we are doing chapter one, The Dark Lord Ascending.
2: The Dark Lord Ascending. Which. What did you rename this chapter, Malls? Malls of
1: I feel like I could have renamed it The Dark Lord Descending, because I think he's like at peak Voldemort here, and the rest of the book, he's going to be flailing
2: yeah very
1: true but in his mind he is on the up and up (laughs) he's on the up and up I'm on the up and up he's good people Voldemort I didn't say that well that's what like on the up and up (laughs) I know um I said my rename is a seat at the
2: table Ooh. Oof, that's a good one. That's a really good one t- for this chapter. So, my poem and my title are all about, I'm sure you can guess. Oh, very, is it um, a specific part of this chapter?
1: Is it one specific character?
2: No, it's oh. a specific family.
1: Oh, okay. Sure.
2: So, um, I like, but it's like focusing on one part of it. It's the Yaxley's family. Yeah. It's <laughs> family. It's actually the family, the Burbich family. Oh. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> uh, okay, what's your <laughs> uh my rename is a fallen family. Oh. Now it's
1: really dark saying <laughs> the Burbitch family. <laughs>
2: yikes yikes Through. wow that's not funny Alex get it together Why are we you need at? it this is I mean this
1: is a way to start the books I'm just saying
2: yes truly we it's a, a rough start did you have a haiku for us? Do you want to sum up the darkness in a five oh, seven five? Do you want to do yours together?
1: Since you said they kind of go together.
2: Oh yeah, sure. Mine is not a haiku. Mine is a tonka. I know. I do that sometimes.
1: I almost did that, and then I thought you'd get mad at me because it was the first chapter.
2: No, <laughs> I ha- I was very inspired. It's a five seven You're five it. seven. Oh, a t- I messed up. What? So mine's not a taco either. Mine's just a poem, okay? I forgot that a taco was five seven five seven seven, and instead I did five seven seven five, which is no, just whatever. It doesn't idea. matter. It doesn't it's just matter. a poem, okay? Okay. Poisoned at the root, on the Malfoy's tree bloomed doubt. Here, take my branch, master. Mock my seedlings too.
1: That was a real poem.
2: Thank you. That doesn't
1: belong on this podcast. That was an, should be in a book somewhere oh, on
2: my thanks. shelf.
1: Um, That was really nice. Do you want to read it again?
2: Sure. <clears throat> Poisoned at the root, on the Malfoy's tree, bloomed doubt. Here, take my branch, master. Mock my seedlings, too.
1: I just love that, take my branch. That is like. Thank
2: you. I was like, I think it was reading those poems at the beginning of the book. I was like inspired. I want to do a real poem today about the Mal- the, the fall of the Malfoy family.
1: I was also like feeling it because we just had that beautiful poem by the Poet Laureate. Yes. Like I was like, <laughs> I am ready.
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe that is it. Maybe I was just like feeling poetry this week. But I mine isn't like I was like feeling it, but I was like
1: I'm gonna do my same old shtick. <laughs> okay. Um, in I feel really dumb reading it after yours, but it's I'm fine. Sorry. In inside Intel shared loyalties lack wand. Okay, sorry. Let me let me take that back. Um, inside Intel shared loyalty lacks wand ensnared. Books, um, books. Oh, book's first death is bared. Okay, that's really good though, Molly. It, yes, it, I mean, it's like a fine, no, it's good. poem.
2: Read again, read again.
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I really you, stumbled it because you
2: stumbled it. Let's, let's hear it again. Inside intel
1: shared, loyalty lacks, wand ensnared. Book's
2: first death is bared. Ooh, loyalty lacks wand and snares <laughs> I really yeah. wanted
1: to denote or note the um, like this is like the first death is in the first chapter, and we're yeah. just rolling with that, we're rolling in, and it's a rough death. Like this is yeah. hard
2: to to read to witness.
1: It's like Cedric. It's just like unnecessary innocent person. Yeah.
2: It's like yeah, I mean we'll get into it when we get yeah. into it, but it woo Woo-wee, woo woo. Um So, my first note is I think it's messed up to have um like the first couple like spoken lines of this chapter be like, do you have good news or whatever? and then Snape is like the best because it just it comes off like you know that our first our like last memory we have with Snape is of Dumbledore dying, so. Mm-hmm and maybe it's because we just finished reading the sixth one, but for me, it almost feels like we're mocking that. Like, we're starting out, like, here is evil Snape, because it's before we know if he's redeemed himself yet. So it just, it feels like, oh. And we don't know when this is
1: taking place. Like Right, you don't don't know where, yeah,
2: yeah, in the context, you don't know where this is. So it just, for me, that was just such a, Ugh, it gave me bad chills. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't like it. That's kind. It's kind of funny
1: because I took the complete opposite reaction to Snape being like here, um which I feel like usually were the the opposite. But I was like, I was feeling very sympathetic towards Snape. I was like, he truly lives the most lonely life because no one. In the Death Eaters trust him or like him, and no one on the other side obviously trusts him or likes him now. And like he's not allowed to get close to anyone. And it I don't know, it just it hit me in this first part a lot, just because he's just so isolated, I guess.
2: I have that note a lot throughout the rest of this chapter. Yeah. This I was just really trying to look at it from a person that hadn't read.
1: No, you brought book.
2: up a really good point. Yeah. But the but I know I definitely see what you're saying throughout the rest of this chapter, it, especially later with Charity, um mm-hmm. it becomes it's just like so sad for him this whole his whole double agent life. Um I'm always taken off guard <laughs> This is a funny note, I'm sorry I I think
1: I know what you're going
2: to say By the peacocks (laughs) In the Malfoy entrance Okay, what do
1: you think of When you think of a white peacock This is a kind of This is a test (laughs) What do you I don't know if you read this book in high school But we read this book in high school And this part always makes me think of it
2: I, I don't know
1: I think it's in Song of Solomon. There's like a white, there's like white peacocks and there's like a lot of symbolism in white peacocks. And I was looking it up and I think it's very interesting why she may have chosen a white peacock because I don't think it was an accident basically.
2: Okay, I read Song of Solomon in high school. I do not remember us having an in-depth, I'm sure we did, but I don't remember the white peacock conversation. So please inform me.
1: Okay, so I was like just reading this like right before we got on um, Mm -hmm. and I was trying to like figure out what what if it's supposed to connect. And this is um, actually a UK website that posted this. But um, so white peacocks originate from India and are revered. It's saying that the soul self reveals itself having been on the spiritual path full of trials and tests which presents the biggest test of all, the test of faith. One cannot know the depth of their own faith until the faith has been tested. And the white peacock symbolizes the divine self realized, purified and cleansed And the illuminated soul self is seen. Um, Yikes. It's like witnessing itself being born again. The divine self is resurrected from the fire and the fear and the shadows of doubt. Um, a white peacock is aligned to the higher consciousness and greatest, most benevolent outcomes. So it's odd. It's interesting because, like, you can obviously, like, make an argument for, like, Draco or, like, the Malfoys there, right? Like,
2: oh, uh, I mean, honestly, yeah, directly, like, there. They had faith in what they believed to be this higher power, and now they're faced with their choices and all of that doubt that comes with them, their higher whatever failing.
1: I guess the part that's like interesting to me is that I think the interpretation is supposed to be like your belief in God and your faith in God is tested, but then you ultimately do believe in God. And this is like almost the opposite. Like, right. I believe in Voldemort, but then, like, what, who is the white peacock supposed to be?
2: I think it, I think the white peacock is a re- representative of their, their faith Journey. in, well, yeah. their faith in Voldemort. So, like, and I, and I have a lot of, I have a lot of feelings about this because obviously I read a lot of fan fiction that happens within the manor. But mm-hmm. I think this first chapter also, like, I think it, it's supported by the text that the manor... Was this like place that did have a lot of life and it was like rich and beautiful? It's described to have the like Eden. By yeah, God. yeah. It has crystals surrounded by it. So I think the White Peacock is like a representation of that, like great house of the Malfoy house, their beautiful manor that was thriving with this pure blood belief, like their era, their reign, basically in this society. And then you get in and the first thing you walk into is like this dark table and no one's happy and you're watching them sit there stiff as a rod in their own home feeling uncomfortable. Like it's, it, it's, I think it's more of a juxtaposition, right? I do, so like yeah. you've got the white peacock and, and you think, and honestly, it's like what you might think that the Malfoys are going to be like when they get in there. Like you, as a reader, think, "Oh my goodness, here we are. They're all going to be like Bellatrix because they they are finally like Voldemort is reigning." And then it you get in yeah. there, and it's like they've actually, you know, you've made your bed. Now you've got to lay in it. Is more their thing. Right.
1: Yeah, I I mean I think you're right, and I I, I almost wanted to be. Like, the Malfoys don't fully, and Draco, obviously the closest, doesn't even fully get to that resurrection to the other side. So it's like, they they lose their faith in Voldemort, and then, like. Believe in this other thing, and they don't quite fully get there. No, but I still love the white peacock reference. I guess, like, I just I felt like it meant something, and maybe no, I was does. just thinking of Song of Solomon a lot, which I don't even really remember the context. I just know we talked about the white peacock when we talked about Song of Solomon. Oh, I
2: think she definitely put it there on purpose. I think, yeah, it's, I think it's a. she wouldn't include like it's a weird thing to include. Yeah, it's very specific, and it's a
1: white peacock specifically.
2: Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Oh. <sighs> she who must not be named and your talent, please get out of here. Thank but you. I think I remember like kind of doing a Harry
1: Potter reread my senior year of high school because I think I'd kind of fallen off, but I was like, I'm going to reread them. And we had just read, I read Song of Solomon my senior year for like AP Lit or something. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, so I think it was like very present in my mind when I read it when I read the series, and I was like, a white peacock, you say? <laughs> Did you say a white
2: peacock? Um. <laughs> um.
1: Or it's, like, what they're leaving behind. Like, I think you're also
2: kind of implying that, like. Yeah. Like, this was. That's who they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I do, however, think it's cool to be on this side of the table. Not like,
1: <laughs> I don't think it's Like it's the reader, like, the reader it. not
2: like, I don't, I don't. I think,
1: think it's kind of cool to be bad, you know I what don't I don't mean? think it's a
2: cool to <laughs> be deaf eater.
1: <laughs> I love being naughty, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I
2: love just like a casual murder for fun. <laughs> it's like a big orgy at that table. Murder orgy.
1: <laughs> um but yes as the reader getting to see like uh
2: like it's very dark but it's also very cool uh
1: but also like who wants to be there? This seems like the fucking worst. Like who is like, yep, I'm in it because this is like where I feel important or like where I feel like I'm doing good stuff for the movement that we believe in. Like
2: this is not a very
1: um, encouraging, (laughs) Um, like this doesn't make me want to be like, yep we're gonna purify the human race now like or the wizarding race like what the fuck like this is this is not a good supervisor is all I'm saying that's
2: I had the exact same note right I was like he's really gone off mission is what's happened here right like he's obsessed with Harry so it to your point about him like descent like descending
0: mm-hmm. like
2: for his followers he's really off target for what it's Shakespeare
1: it's like, Shakespeare.
2: what they're actually doing I mean what they would actually like to be doing like well for-
1: I yes I had a mo- I had a note about that in just a second I want to get back to that like the whole like we have to trim the prune oh. Yeah, oh, the family, the family tree. Yeah. Um, I just had a I think a comical note mm-hmm. that Voldemort loves a seating arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> like you've got his circle, it. everyone has their spot and um yeah, loves a seating arrangement. Everyone has to sit, you know. You can't sit with us,
2: Yaxley. Uh not allowed. <laughs> yes. Um. Um. I have this really helpful note that I'm sure no one's thought of before. Um. That just says, Voldemort. He seems unwell. <laughs> <laughs> like in the head. I mean, we
1: can do that impression. <laughs> Could something specifically jump out or is that just in general?
2: <laughs> I think he must, he, he's like going on like, he's going on these rants and he's just, I think I'm commenting on the same thing you were commenting on earlier where it just does not seem like a well-managed or thought out <laughs> meeting, but in- Instead of saying it like that, I just wrote the note, Voldemort seems unwell.
1: Well, he likes making those jokes and Uh, then immediately (laughs) stops laughing. (laughs) um, I'm sure we're going to talk about this in the next chapter, but like Voldemort, sorry, not Voldemort, Dumbledore and Snape are really taking a big risk they're like well we feel like we can tell him this amount of information and it's fine and like maybe somebody might die but it won't be Harry so it's a calculated risk
2: that's what I was like I my I was like how does Snape choose what info he gives and what he doesn't because this Dumbledore tells him but Dumbledore's dead now. No, but there's a. It's in the. Um, he's like
1: talking to his portrait or something. He's like, "Okay, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna tell Mundungus, da 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 da, and then you're gonna tell Voldemort this, but you're not gonna tell him about the clone thing." There's a part in the flash in the yeah memory montage.
2: But it, it but it does like it stresses me out. It stresses me out. Well, also like. Moody dies and and Hedwig dies so like you really were just like putting someone's life out there and like it almost was like worse like
1: Harry did almost die like I it's like that's that like we didn't really
2: I don't think about that the risk is worth it enough at this point like Snape is not really of use as a double agent anymore for Voldemort
1: right because he's already revealed himself also he's in good graces he just killed Dumbledore like yeah he, he doesn't
2: need he doesn't need to tell this lie. nobody is asking him to tell this lie also they know that he's fallen out with the order but it's not a lie that's what I'm but that's what I'm I mean yeah so he doesn't need to give this clue. Yeah. Because he's fall they he they already know that he can't be a double agent for the order anymore because the order knows that he kills Dumbledore. So he just could have retired that position. He could have let Yaxley give his false move date. And then, you know um, what I'm saying?
1: Yes, but I'm wondering if he's like keeping his double agent quasi status. So that one, he maintains usefulness and then two, he doesn't actually have to do any dirty work because he's still kind of being behind the scenes because he doesn't want to do, he doesn't want to fight order members, obviously.
2: Yeah, maybe. I just think he's sort of done his big thing. He didn't need to sacrifice Moody. (laughs) Because
1: I wonder if like doing this, like secured him becoming headmaster of Hogwarts and that's like the main Uh... goal. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, he's got to keep staying in the good graces. In the because, most relevant. Yeah. yeah. And
2: he's tre- got to yeah, stay the favorite. Daddy's favorite. Can you imagine if, like, Bellatrix became a <laughs> mistress of Hogwarts? You know what?
1: Snape's kind of the white peacock.
2: Mm. Yeah. Oof in some ways okay go on this journey with me the embarrassment of lucius here with this whole wand situation is rough like i don't necessarily feel bad for him but i have i
1: I'm like deeply uncomfortable
2: i'm uncomfortable because i know exactly what it must be feeling for him and for his family watching it happening. You know what I'm saying? It just makes me like, it's like you're watching a man have to get naked in a room. Like, oh yeah, even all of
1: his dignity is being stripped. Yeah,
2: yeah, and even if it's your worst enemy, you just don't want to watch it. It's just, so I think it's well-written and that's clearly like Voldemort's doing it on purpose because then he lays into them. He's like not subtle at all here. He goes, he does that, and then he's like, "Why do you look unhappy about it?"
1: Yeah, like, why the fuck do you think? Like, what am and like Draco all like doesn't know what to say. Like, I can't respond in any way that won't result in being like ridiculed further or
2: whatever. Um, I had a like that seat. Sorry, I. No, I go just ahead. watched uh, Spider-Man Homecoming again. And it's like that scene in the car where um, the vulture is like, I just saved your life, Peter. Now say thank you. Thank- say thank you for me saving your yeah. life. And then, you're, and then you have to watch Peter say thank you after. Ah, and it's just so un. It's so uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> Um, I had a quick note about Yaxley. Um, (laughs) One of the most important your main man (laughs) Yax. They're like so proud of him for putting pious thickness under the imperious curse, and I'm like, how hard is it? Like, you just get him by himself and do one spell. Like, I think it might have been hard to get him by himself. Yeah, but still, I was like, it's not that big. And also, if it's
2: like a powerful wizard
1: it might be. I don't know like, if highest thickness is that powerful.
2: <laughs> like, I'm just saying that's, um, you're just
1: defending Yaxley.
2: Like. I'm just defending my man Yax. He's my champ. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: I I had a lot of feelings about this whole like plan. I guess um, I'm just looking back at my notes because I haven't even gotten to the Lucius stuff
2: yet. Oh, oh, okay.
1: Um, no, they're really not important. I just one of my notes was everyone is underutilizing the port key. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I agree. Why couldn't they make a port key that took them right to? Yeah, or maybe you can't port
1: key directly into their house, but you could do it like five feet away and, and
2: into the shield. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what? You're totally right. Or They're
1: port out. key to like a random location and then fly. Like they know
2: your path. Like it's just... oh 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 oh. It's because they they said this.
1: You they said the register. flu network. But I
2: I I think when he says um. They're they know not to use any uh means of tra- transportation that's uh by the ministry. That's uh what do you call it, looked at by the ministry or whatever, reviewed by the ministry. I think a port key probably goes I'll give her the benefit of the doubt in saying that I think a port key probably is under that jurisdiction. I
1: think so too, but we also know that Dumbledore did like unauthorized
2: port keys, so Dumbledore dead. <laughs> He is dead so gonzo. Okay, I'm at the wand stuff now. The branch, as you said. Um, Yeah, I'm there too. But I said my my piece.
1: (laughs) I get that this is like literally you're donating like an arm, like a limb.
2: And Mm -hmm. that's like not
1: something you want to do. But in a different time, I think that everyone would have jumped at the chance to be like, here, use my wand, like Voldemort, like... Love me, daddy. Like, I just... <laughs> I just feel like... I. It just seems like there's been a change in how people are responding to him. because yes, he's, back. he's unwell. Everyone was happy that they thought he was dead,
2: except for Bellatrix. But she didn't offer her wand. I think a wand is, like, too it's one too far it's too much to ask for anybody I don't think because it is it I feel it is it's exactly what you said it's like your hand it's your arm for a wizard it's because the wand chooses you
1: it's It's like part of uh, you yeah it's
2: absurd that he is requested to use someone's wand.
1: also we hear Ollivander downstairs like he could just have Ollivander make him a new wand
2: yeah it's it's not about the wand yeah his old wand will work just as well oh like no he doesn't want that he doesn't want the connection but i'm saying he could make a new wand he can make olivander get him a new wand he it's about the humiliation of lucius yeah and then punish um, Draco for not yeah
1: for not actually killing dumbledore slash he's just like really mad at lucius um every time so yes the whole like give me your wand is humiliating but then the worst part is when he like goes to accept Voldemort's wand and it's like in a very minor way but this is the only thing I could think of it's like when you go to hug somebody and they weren't going for a hug (laughs) like they were going for like a handshake or something (laughs)
2: And then, or or yes, or when someone you when you when someone waves at you, and then you wave back, and they were waving at the person behind you. And then imagine if that person was like, "Oh, I wasn't waving to you." Like you thought I was waving at you. (laughs) You thought I was waving at you. I wasn't. I don't even like like you. The second hand embarrassment is so intense. Voldemort was like, You thought I was. And he doesn't even ask, Lucius doesn't even say, Oh, can you have, I have your one. He like flinches. It's
1: involuntary. And he like
2: involuntarily flinches. And Voldemort was like, You thought I was going to give you my one.
1: And then the implication is that he's not going to give Lucius his wand back when he's finished with it. I mean, no. it also gets, like, destroyed or something, but it's still. It's
2: in the movie when it's on that cane. And, and he Mortimer breaks a it. a little snap. Un- uncomfy. It's what like happens? he's literally
1: snapping his dick in half.
2: Literally. It's so emasculating. We love yeah. to see it. I get a little more joy out of watching him be emasculated in the movie because... The actor does such a fine, like, a great job. But I, like, I just, something about seeing Lucius (laughs) makes me have less sympathy than me. Yeah. I also would have
1: taken Peter's wand. Like, he literally doesn't need it because he's supposed to be, like, forever in hiding. Like, just, and he's, like, not going to join the fight. Like, you're a fucking rat.
2: He did it specifically. I know, I know because he doesn't he also he's such a like little actor Voldemort loves to put on a show he was like he he walked around he strutted around the table and he was like I find myself in need of a wand who am I gonna choose top 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 Lucius (laughs) and
1: if someone else had volunteered he'd be like Oh, no. Lucius, you wouldn't let them volunteer, would you? Uh,
2: Lucy, my number one fan, would love to. And then what happens where Narcissa goes, like, cold? She, like, gets really stiff. Oh, why are you
1: guys unhappy that we're here? Oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And then Bellatrix steps in. Because I think she is trying to help her sister out there.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. And then Voldemort wasn't done. (laughs) Voldemort said, this is the roast of the Malfoy family, and I wasn't quite finished. And he's like, oh, I think congratulations are in order. (laughs) But look, (laughs) I'm... And they're like, what? And they're like... (laughs) Remember how you're it's like he's gossiping. He's such a shit
1: starter. That was yes, my note. He's, he's such a, a shit stirrer. starter.
2: He's a shit starter. He like sipped his tea and he was like, I hear your little niece married a werewolf. They're and, they're like, and they're like, we're, like, we're not even it. bothered
1: about them. Like, why do you even know that?
2: Like <laughs> they we're like, we haven't <laughs> talked to her in years. We do not care about her. And then he goes, Draco, are you gonna babysit the cubs?
1: That was a, he practiced that one in the mirror.
2: I was (laughs) crying. It's so funny. This was
1: my first, well, actually I wrote this after I wrote my other political note, but this is my first note in the context of like, this is Trump, like getting all of his GOP Mm -hmm. like followers to stop following him like everyone has their breaking point and it's often far too late but like there goes pence there goes blah 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 like there goes the malfoys there goes snape a long time ago um there goes peter like later on like Mm -hmm. he is like uh, this is where i was like thinking it like politically like here is like the head honcho of the party that like slowly everyone is just kind of walking away from him until the very end when he's only left with um Rudy Giuliani aka Bellatrix <laughs> 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 Oh my god In this scenario, Snape, have... Snape is Pens <laughs> Or Snape, I don't like that I mean, it's not a perfect analogy, but Yeah
2: Oh my god I just felt
1: very strongly like
2: I You really, you really got me uh, Until you're left <laughs> with Rudy <laughs> A.K.A. Bellatrix I did not know that this chapter was gonna have me laughing so hard but here I am crying
1: I mean they're both severely unhinged and speaking of unwell
2: unpopular opinion I think Trump is unwell I don't know what makes you think that he's looking a little unhinged lately was it something he
1: said It wasn't something he tweeted. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine if Voldemort had Twitter?
2: It would all be this.
1: Be like, like, "Uh got Lucius's wand. Now what, bitches?
2: (laughs) You'd be like, here, Harry's dating that Rita Skeeter says Harry's dating that (laughs) Mudblood.
1: Draco Malfoy, are you gonna babysit the at Cubs? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god! Oh wow, wowie zowie! I am crying. Okay, but in a on a like in on a separate note, <laughs> um, but in the same vein when he starts on this like teddy lupin track oh yeah i was just thinking about it in the context of cursed child and doesn't it sound like he's about to announce his own little bundle of joy with bellatrix because they're like flirting (laughs) he's like um um what does he say where is it i quoted it Ugh, where did I quote? Oh, no higher pleasure, Bellatrix. No higher pleasure. That's a great honor coming from you. That, or that means a lot coming from you. And then he's like, don't you have a little happy announcement? And I was like, um, is he about to announce their little um Delphi baby um
1: that's a fan fiction waiting to happen it happens at the dinner table
2: um I also have the cue sorry this is my last note on this topic is Finnier there while Voldemort is just going on this like rant about how shitty werewolves are no but he's like in the Death Eaters Yeah, but he's
1: not at the... He doesn't have a seat at the
2: table. He doesn't have a seat at the table. Okay, gotcha. I
1: think they even kind of, like, insinuate that later. Like, he's just being used.
2: Mm. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Um... Do you remember what your first thoughts were with this Draco mention? Like, this is his his first real like moment at the table oh wait wait which one just like yeah draco will you babysit the cubs and like you're just watching him
2: like react and i remember my very first time reading or
1: like where it was significant where you're like oh this is the first time we're like hearing from draco post six book
2: i i remember being like I remember – so my first read-through, I wasn't as huge of a, like, Draco fangirl as I am now. So I'm not going to count that because I also was, like, younger. Like, I wasn't reading with as much, I feel like – I wasn't, like, reading with as good as, like, a script script (laughs) book analysis, you know. But my – at least second time and, like, every time since, I just think she – and we really only get it in this chapter and a couple other chapters throughout this book. Like, she just does such a good job of painting the picture of the fall of this family. And I think even the setting of having Voldemort like take over their house and like demean them on their turf, just she, like it just. I hate to give her so many compliments, but I just think it just, the arc of them is really, their fall from grace is really well done. And then you get, you get to just see poor Draco just sitting there and all of the little, it makes me really sad to think about him, like looking at, cause the other description we get of him is him staring at Charity up there. And it's yeah. like, oh, you wouldn't have had her as a teacher. But he like has he's seen her at the the great hall. He knows. He knows. He, it's it's sad to watch.
1: It also just really hammers in the decision he made at the end of the sixth one. Like you had the out and you didn't take it. Basically, and he
2: definitely wishes he did.
1: Okay, Um, I'm at that. I'm at all the um, pure blood stuff.
2: Me too. I have a little note to Voldy, but you go first.
1: I just said, like, is this the actual goal or is he just placating to his group? This was my other Trump moment. Like, is he just saying this because this is his base and he knows that that's like what they want and so that's going to keep them on board and then his real goals are like you said earlier like killing harry or obviously the whole um horcruxes or like whatever like I just don't feel like he's ever been in it for the whole pure blood thing
2: I think he he's a lost soul <laughs> but that's I not where I thought we were going <laughs> He's no, unwell. He's unwell. <laughs> Guys, I'm telling you, he's sick. (laughs) Um, But I do think in general, right, like, he just wants he wants power, like, like Trump. I don't think Trump really cares about being racist or cares about, you know, he just he picked a group of people that would follow him. And he says whatever they want to hear radical thing that keeps them going and fired up. Um, I do think, though, there's a little bit of, he, like, picked a struggle that aligned with his, like, connection to magic through Slytherin. Yeah. Right? So. Like, he clearly doesn't have
1: a problem I definitely with think going pure like, blood.
2: He's influenced by that. But I think his, his like, main goal, like, what he wants more than anything is to have power. And how he can do that is, like, become a master race. Because. Yeah. He he. Then he has this whole speech about, don't worry, we all have, like, dying leaves on our family tree. We need to just trim and prune and cut the hedges. And it's like, you have some limbs that you need to cut off too, Tommy, don't you? Like, he
1: did. He did, though. He cut them off. He pruned.
2: He pruned. But, like, it's a big part of him. It's a half of him. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting
1: because I do... Like, the whole part where they get into that they feel like muggle-borns are stealing magic. Like, the most severe form of, like, the racism in the wizarding world is that. Like, that they think that they're literally stealing magic in order to like get to where they are and it's like I don't know if he really believes that or he just is like fine to go along with that
2: he definitely doesn't believe that and I don't even think they believe that
1: I feel like giving muggles way too much like what does that say about you if somebody's able to steal your magic I'm just saying
2: (laughs) they that whole like stripping muggle borns of their wand like it's just like a we're they're
1: just, just using that yeah
2: it's just like a it's like
1: when it's not ob- it's ob- direct to Jewish
2: uh, Holocaust
1: yeah. like it's obviously right. like yeah.
2: it's it's the other way of like branding them right like so yeah you know and and Hermione physically gets a brand via Bellat- Bellatrix um, yeah so it, it, it's just that whole like dehumanization, right? And but we'll just
1: make up that you did yeah, this, they're just broke this law to justify it. It's, it's like, like a, a justification. A, yeah,
2: it's just they're just making up, making up things.
1: But I do think that there is like a certain level of followers that are ignorant and dumb that are willing to believe that, like oh, for
2: sure, the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, the, they they'll be willing to believe anything. But, like, I don't think the people at this table really believe that. I don't think Umbridge, who's not even a Death Eater, believes that muggle-born witches are stealing. Right. (laughs) You know, like, when she's head of that team, like, taking away Like, it literally makes no sense. Like, magic doesn't work like that. She says it in that scene. She's like, I got my wand from Ollivander's when I was 11. Like, I didn't steal this from a witch that makes like, no sense like like how do you think that this transpired where are all of these witches that these unarmed muggles took these wands away from because there's a lot more like muggle borns and half bloods in the wizarding world than there are pure bloods so also where- did I like
1: suck it out of you like what um what happened it just
2: it, it yeah it, yeah I, I don't think we need to try and reason. Right. That. No,
1: we're making, we are calling it what it is, which is. Um, all right. So just for you guys to know, we had a little recording malfunction and it cut off. A little oopsie poopsie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're back to finish up the book. And we think we're on our last notes about um, poor charity.
2: Poor charity. Bum, bum, bum.
1: Oh, no. This chapter also started with an unfortunate charity Burbage.
2: Cut. It needs to be cut. cut. No, cu- no, no cut. No, cuts. no cut.
1: No So we've done enough cutting on accident.
2: Um. Uh. It always like wrecks me, com- destroys me to hear. Um charity like crying out to snape yeah it it, it sure also just like sets a tone for the whole
1: rest of the book
2: oh i mean like it's horrifying like i and i don't know if we had said this in the previous recording or if it got cut but i'm going to say it again i could not do snape's job like that yeah. is that is rough that is it's rough that he has to sit here and watch this and I know he's not like the nicest person or or whatever but like I'm sure um his idea of a good time wasn't watching this like person that he worked with be murdered right in front of him as they call out to him like he's a decent person that's you know he switched sides no matter if you Uh, how you feel about his politics I don't I still think this would be like terrible to watch
1: yeah but he there's also like a certain psychopathy that he's like able to without like even making a face like there's a certain level of compartmentalization there that's like he has like
2: that skill which i can barely comprehend like it's necessary i'm glad he can do it but it i mean like i'm not even him and my heart hurts you know for for charity i mean it's obviously worse for her who now she's looking at snape and you know draco these people that she sees like every day or whatever i know that draco wasn't in her class but like that's a person like you see in the great hall that's i don't know and when it happens he like goes and cowers under the table it's just just such a like sad it's it's a devastating moment the the saddest
1: part to me I think is that she must know that Snape killed Dumbledore and is still hoping that maybe he'll step in yeah because it's her only chance I think you brought up first time recording um something about like if this had been her story, like how significant this moment is, but like because it's mm-hmm. part of this other story, I don't remember right, exactly if, what you were saying.
2: Oh, oh yes, I remember what I said. I was saying, like, it's I think it kind of gets wiped under the rug a little bit, but thinking about this from a different perspective, like in a different story where Harry loves muggle studies, like this is a devastating loss that we're all dealing with right here. Like if it was McGonagall up there, like the book doesn't really recover after this, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, and, but even without that context, like the relationship is still the same, right? Like Snape- Colleague it's still a colleague like Snape still is in whatever version of the teacher's lounge Hogwarts has I don't know if they have that but like there's you're still a colleague and it's not and it's different even than like um, a non-boarding school right like you live within the same building as these people for most of the year you these yeah, are the people that you see probably these are for
1: adults years. that
2: you're interacting with
1: Yeah. And you work with the same people for years. It's not like tons of turnover. I do think if it was McGonagall, he wouldn't, he would have had to do something. Like, I don't think he would have. I mean, I would like to believe that part of Snape, like that friendship is more genuine. I I mean, I think, yes, this is a colleague and he doesn't want her to die, but he doesn't have the same relationship with her.
2: But we don't really see McGonagall and Snape like buddy buddy like the only thing they have in common is that they have like a quidditch rivalry and that they're head of houses not buddy buddy but they are in the order
1: together like it's a
2: I I, no, I definitely see what you mean
1: and I mean we get their little battle which I know is like it's intimate in a different way like (laughs) it it does feel intimate though when they do that at the end of the seventh one
2: I like to believe, like, in my head, I don't think it's really textually supported, but I like to believe that McGonagall and Snape have, like, a, not a friendship, but, like, a, a mutual respect. Because I think of, they do. And, yeah, so I guess it's a little bit different, but... I mean in the
1: first couple books it's come it comes off more of like a friendly rivalry. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as we get more right into um what's happening, it it changes and our perspective on Snape changes. But um yeah, that was kind of my last note, but I mean just we're not ready for how many people are going to die in this book. And I think she tried to warn us. Yeah. I mean, she
2: she does. I do think it. she just like, she preps us a little bit for it with this opening chapter. Like she was like, you, like you said, this sets the tone for the whole book and you're not ready. Like after reading this chapter and I've read this book, I don't know how many times I felt like I wasn't ready to deep dive this book. I was like, oh no. It's so
1: different thinking about this compared to the sixth book because the sixth book is so light. And fun for a lot of the early parts. Like, there's a lot yeah. of, like, we talked a lot about the rom com of it all in the sixth one. And this one, like, I can't even think of one chapter that has a lightness to it. Like, they tried to in the movie, like, they, obviously, they add that little dancing. I guess the wedding is the lightest the we wedding. Get. The
2: wedding is, but the, even the wedding, you learn all this, you start learning all that stuff about, about Dumbledore. Um, I, I do feel that what's nice about the sixth book, and I really love the seventh book, so I don't, the way I'm starting this sentence sounds like I'm about to shit on the seventh book. But what's nice about the sixth book is that it still follows the same, like archetype as a Harry Potter book, right? the format. Like we're still in the same format. And I think it's a good choice for the seventh one not to follow that format. I think it needs to be the way that it is. It just like, it's, it's just sad. Yeah. Like everything is crumbling and falling apart. We're not even at Hogwarts. Like we're at the right. borough, but well, and I, and I, and she does it again. I, I mean, we'll talk about this more when we get to here, but as just like an opener to this book, like the same way she starts this book out, like from this, like this dark moment is similar to how like Oh, we're at we return to the borough. The borough's a fun place. We do little right. chores to prepare for the wedding. And then the wedding gets crashed and nothing's happy. We're anymore. on the run. We're on the run immediately. And uh it just it like she's she's kind of like you were saying prepping us. Like she sets up all of these things that we're used to, and then it's taken away.
1: Yeah, I mean, this has to be one of the first books I read as a young person that dealt, that that kind of flipped things on its head like it didn't get wrapped up necessarily. Like it does obviously have a nice ending, like mm-hmm. there is a happy ending, but it doesn't get wrapped up with a perfect bow because so many people died um, and there is like a war Um but so I, I think it was important for, to I guess, like, ch- they are children's books to begin with, but you're learning things as you're reading the series. And I, I think it's an important lesson to learn, I guess.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Wow. Good thing we came back and re-recorded because we wow. just got some feel, more. Feelings. Yeah, we just
2: had, like, some fresh ideas. Um, Incredible. Great.
1: Um, Who was your champion?
2: Uh, charity. Same. <laughs> gave her one. Gave her. Gave one. her some charity. You gave, know. Gave gave her some charity. I also really appreciate her fighting till the end. Oh yeah. She put up a, a good fight while she could. Yeah, and like died defending Muggleborn. Like, right. Like she didn't like grovel or say like you were right. Like I'll you know she didn't yeah do like any of that. She like s- stood her ground. There are a lot of people um who put in that position would fold like a little baby <clears throat> like a rat fletcher oh. or or like a rat mm-hmm. yep wait well
1: mundungus is under the imperious curse isn't he
2: i don't think so he,
1: he he disappears on his own like that's of his own that's, that's
2: what that's what oh yeah 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 yeah
1: because he's that yes. Cat.
2: Yes. Because when he disappears and then leaves Mad Eye to die, that's yeah, what I yeah. was referring to.
1: I thought you meant like selling out to Snape. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. no. That's not what I meant. Um, my rat, if you will believe it, is Voldemort. What? Which is wrong because, as you point out,
2: he's ill. <laughs> he's not well. He is also my rat
1: um <laughs> and did you have a tattoo um
2: well I literally have a tattoo. I know I was gonna say
1: do you want to tell the listeners since, re- recorded since the we recorded the first half
2: the first half of this um I got actual like little baby Harry Potter <laughs> tattoos I got a Deathly Hollow symbol and I got um a little scar on my fingies they look so
1: good you've got real serious black energy
2: i feel like serious i feel like very um i think they're really cool that they're on my hand and they're out there um so that's my tattoo what's yours mine's the white peacock obviously because
1: you know that symbolism
2: (laughs) That, that symbolism
1: i'm a white peacock for harry potter (laughs)
2: I felt like that had layers. (laughs) Layers.
1: Layers. I have as many layers as a peacock. (laughs) Um, you should post a picture on our Instagram. I've been thinking
2: about it. I've have to, I'm being vain about it though. Um, I want to repaint my nails because my nail polish is chipping. So um I'll do some black nail polish for serious, and then I'll post my my HP tattoos on our Instagram so check those out um and then what about points um I gave this 100 points a solid start
1: yeah I I hadn't originally given it points because I forgot you know how to podcast but I think I ended up on 80 because I didn't I'm like ready for more this isn't my fave chapter
2: I think I gave it such high points because I it's a chapter with like the imagery and the way that it's set up it just sticks with me like I remember this chapter and it's one of the top opening chapters for me like I definitely like last books the best I think the sixth books wait two
1: ministers
2: no 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 never mind never mind (laughs) I was thinking the I was thinking of the um, it's like the second chapter. I know. Yeah, I was thinking about. of yeah. the um, unbreakable vow. I love that chapter. But um, yeah, so this definitely is one of my favorite opening chapters.
1: Yeah, any of time the- where it kind of divulges from Harry was sitting alone in his room, and it's <laughs> a not rather unusual boy.
2: Yes, yes. It's it's always better for me. Always exciting, and we got to see a completely different perspective, which is always fun and exciting it just it's nice
1: um and this is possibly cheating but I did have a quiz question I wonder (laughs) if you remember it what was Lucius's wand made out of
2: (laughs) oh my god it's so embarrassing oh my goodness it's dragon heart string which I remembered last time and the wood is
1: I give you Elm. a hint. Elm. It's from a tree. Elm. Yes. Elm. Excellent. See, learning already. Just I, I
2: that, that, you know what that is growth. Growth. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing the thing from um insecure if you couldn't hear by our tone. Um, and
1: I think there's something at your window. <gasps>
2: <gasps> a couple owls at your window. Oh, my goodness. Let me let them in. Let me give them a little nugget. Send them on their way.
1: Um, so this first one is from Rob from the UK. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> let's see. Dear Alex and Molly, I am emailing you. Thank you for making this podcast. I very much enjoyed it. I live on my own in the UK, and we have recently had a massive wave of COVID-19, a new variant that spread super quickly and are are now in a national lockdown, which means that I can't leave the house except for work and to buy food. This was extremely depressing for me as I suffer from various mental health problems and the loneliness can exasperate them. and then you'll like this part, Alex. I was then browsing for Lord of the Rings reaction videos on YouTube. And I came across Alex and Jess's channel. And one of those videos,
2: Alex mentioned this podcast. Yay. Yay. So nice. I'm so glad that people are coming from the Jess and Alex watch channel. That's but really if you nice. haven't
1: checked out Jess and Alex watch, check, it out. check um, it out. I have loved Harry Potter since it came out and I'm severely dyslexic, which will explain some of the spelling in this email. Um, didn't notice it because I can't spell. Um, that's just Molly talking, um, and find it very hard to read for any length of time. First, my dad read them to me when the audiobooks, the Stephen Fry version, which in my opinion are better. Um, I listened to the audiobook literally every night um, from about 13 onwards until about 18. I'm 29 now, as it's one of the few ways I could get to sleep. Uh, we had them on cassette, which meant I became very adept at mending them with the tape, mending the tape when I had to listen to them too much. That is impressive. Um <laughs> when the seventh book came out I wanted to be able to read but um, did not have the audiobook so I forced myself to read it and was it was the first book of that length that I had ever read by myself. And I take this as a great testament to J.K. Rowling's writing ability. I downloaded your first podcast and instantly loved it. I really appreciate that you two are from different parts of the fandom. I would not consider myself a part of the fandom, but just a lover of the books and find your perspective incredibly interesting. I found that it could get me through long days on my um, my way home and also at work. Um, I work in in education. I love that you don't always agree, but you always stay friends. And I love that you're willing to praise and criticize anyone, um, regardless, including J.K. I sometimes find your lack of in-depth knowledge of the U.K. frustrating sometimes, but completely understandable. I lived fair here no. by Yes, fair. fair I enough. lived my whole life so um, understand everything. I'm at Prince of Azkaban, Chapter 15. And there have been two things that have come up so far that you may be interested in. Um, So the first once he said it I definitely knew what he was talking about so a 50p coin that Harry got for Christmas in the first book you said that you did not understand how Ron can find it so interesting as it's just a coin. the 50p is a bit unusual as it's not a circle but it has seven sides which would be different to the wizard coins which, as I just said, I do kind of remember the 50p coin having like this that different shape um, when I went there. Um, and then the second thing was that Snape referring to himself as a master is not that unusual in public schools in the UK. Conventionally, public schools are the same as private schools in the US. In universities, it was common for teachers and lecturers to refer to, to themselves as masters. So in British context, Snape saying that is not unusual. Um
2: just, I wonder what level of degree you have to have to refer to yourself as a master, or is it just like the title because you're in like what would we would consider a private institution as opposed to a like public state sanctioned institution
1: yeah that's a good question because um, like
2: in here at least here like most private school teachers have to have less qualifications than like a public yeah, school um, teacher because good of good job us that's <laughs> capitalism baby <laughs> um but um yeah, so I was just like interest. I just I want to know if anybody knows Robert. If you get to this part in the podcast, I hope you do. Please send us uh, an answer to that cue. Um, and then he just wraps up by saying, "I just want to say again, I
1: really enjoy this in the podcast, and hope to get all the way through the end. I know you're almost at the sixth book, but I hope to catch up to you
2: before the end.
1: So, hello, Rob, if you made it.
2: Hopefully, you made it. Hopefully, we didn't scare you off or away. Um, and you get to hear your shout out. Thank you so much for um, that. Um, <laughs> wait, Note. let me take that back. <laughs> thank you so much for writing in and for supporting both this and um, Jess and Alex watch. It means a lot. I pre-warned
1: Rob about the punting incident.
2: Oh, thank goodness. Um, um, that's an embarrassing one for us. <laughs> I
1: still love it, and I, mean, I kind of love our game: is this British or is this magic? So sorry if,
2: for all our UK listeners.
1: If you are from the UK or another country and know these things, please keep writing in to tell us. But just recognize that we will never learn on our own,
2: <laughs> never. Even though we have both like been, both been to the UK, I've been multiple times. I lived there for five months. You've been, yeah. <laughs>
1: doesn't matter. Um <laughs> <clears throat> just didn't embrace that <laughs> didn't embrace the culture.
2: <laughs> i lived in Scotland for 3 weeks. Didn't fine. it's fine.
1: <laughs> we are um uh, uh, nature, creatures of habit.
2: We're 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 a special pair us too.
1: Um, but yes, thanks Rob. And then we had another one from Tasia. Um, Tasia said, hello, Alex Molly. I love the podcast. and I just caught up. I love listening to your insight on things. Even if I don't agree sometimes like Harry being dumb as he is one of my top two favorite characters in HP only second to my girl, Jenny. Um, Woo! But I love you, your guys's friendship. It reminds me of me and my best friend I'm talking about HP. Keep up the good work. And only one book left.
2: Sad face. <laughs> yes, sad face. Thank you, Taisha. Uh, thank you so much, Taisha. Sad face for us too. Also, I would just like to say that I love Harry too. He is one of my top um heroes in all of literature. I think he's a great main character, and I don't think he has protagonist syndrome. So. I mean, maybe maybe a little. I think he has similar tropes to obviously main characters. Like he follows the hero arc, but I still find him like interesting and different, you know?
1: Yeah, I think he has protagonist syndrome in the like, like a hero saving thing, as Hermione puts it.
2: <laughs> yeah, but protagonist syndrome is when the character is like... So annoying! Uh, oh, like slash, unlikable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is unlikable slash, um, frustrating because their only personality is that they're main, the main character. Like they're Ted, so closed-minded, right? Like Ted from How I Met Your Mother has like major sure. protagonist syndrome, for sure. Yeah.
1: Um. Yes, and I know we call him dumb a lot, but we also try and give him a lot of leeway for it's all of, of the love. things he's
2: been through <laughs> i out of love
1: yeah i mean
2: what got to we
1: gotta say it when we it comes call out. we call them like we see yeah we we punt them we punt them when they come down the line <laughs>
2: <laughs> on that note <laughs> um stay magical charmed i'm sure Mischief managed. Bum bum ba, bum 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 bum.